For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at some religious leaders, uh, Jesus' teaching around that, and then also a warning that he gives to the disciples that comes out of uh, his experience with these religious leaders. So we'll be starting in Matthew chapter 16, and we'll start with verse 1. So if you want to follow along with me, uh, it should be up on the screen, or you can open your Bibles and, and read it there. So let's see what it has to say here. It says, one day the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test Jesus, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. He said to them, you know the saying, red skies at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red skies in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times? Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign, but only the signs I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. You know, when I read this, uh, I kind of get a, the scene that I get is a scene of a bunch of kids in elementary school surrounding one boy or one girl, whatever, but they're surrounding them and they're, they're chanting, prove it, prove it, prove it. And, and that's what's kind of happening here. They've come to Jesus, they've surrounded him, and they say, you know, you need to prove who you are. The truth is, is what did they want him to prove? And that actually is nothing. They didn't want him to prove anything because their hearts were not really for the truth. They weren't looking for the truth. They didn't want him to prove the truth. What they were looking for is they were looking for him to trip up some way. And uh, so they could point a finger. They, they could then say, hey, this man is not who he says he is. Just like a group of kids surrounding uh, someone and they're calling prove it. They don't want to prove anything. They really want that, that kid to look bad. They want to disprove that person. So it wasn't, they weren't asking for truth. They were asking uh, for something other than that. You know, that's why, that's why Matthew said they were trying to catch him up. Um, they weren't looking for truth. So Jesus replies by saying, listen, you know how to look at the signs of the sky, and you know what the, what the weather is going to be according to that. I mean, that, that's pretty obvious. And he's really saying to them, this is really obvious as well. Me, as the Messiah, is quite obvious if you look at Scripture. And they... They weren't looking. They weren't looking at Scripture in trying to see the truth at all. They had already come to a determination of what, that, what the Messiah would be, who he would be, and how he would act, and what would be the results of that. So Jesus says, you know what, I, I, let me give you one last pointer. I'm not going to give you a sign. I'm going to give you one last pointer to go back into Scripture and look at Scripture, and that is this. You, as a generation who isn't looking for truth, the sign that you will have to prove that I am who I am is a sign of the prophet Jonah. And what was that? Well, as we've learned, Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish, and then from there he was brought up to shore. And Jesus saying, you will see me. I'll spend three days in the grave, and then I will come alive. And then you will know that I am Messiah. So what's the lesson for us to learn here? I think this is the lesson. 
I wrote it down this way. The lesson for us to learn is that if we choose not to see Jesus as the Son of God, as the authority, as the King over our lives, we will be lost. Just as lost as these religious leaders who would not see Jesus as a Messiah, but instead they saw him through criticism and cynicism. Their hearts were not ready to receive. We will never realize his transforming power in our lives until we are willing to surrender. And that's anything in our lives. Anything in our lives until we're willing to surrender that he is king, he is Lord of my life, every aspect of my life, I will be hindered in some point. So it's good to pause and say, God, am I not surrendering something? Am I not allowing you to reveal yourself to me in a certain area of my life? Well, it doesn't stop there. It goes on. And so let's look at the next portion of Scripture because uh, it says this, and starting in verse 5. Later, after they had crossed the other side of the lake, Jesus, the, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, You have so little faith. Why are you arguing, arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you, don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Why can't you understand that I am not talking about bread? So again I say, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then at last they understood that he wasn't speaking about yeast and bread, but about deceptive teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus uses this moment to teach them a, a great lesson of a beware, beware of, of teaching that is not right. Um, and, and so as he does that, he uses the illustration of, of, of leaven. And for them, they felt maybe at first it was, it was cryptic or it was puzzling, but, but really they were on this, they kind of got stuck in this mode. They didn't bring bread, and so he starts talking about bread, and immediately they assume that he's talking about that they didn't bring bread. Isn't that kind of the way it is with us sometimes? We can kind of get stuck in a mode and a direction, and God is speaking to us about something, but because we're not willing to look or listen the way he is speaking to us, we misunderstand. A great, a great point in here is that Jesus is so patient with them that he comes back and he says, listen, no, this is not about you not bringing bread. If, if you need bread, remember about the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000? I didn't need much of anything to produce what we needed. So this isn't about what you forgot. This is about something else. And it is about how, just like leaven, uh, yeast, and bread will permeate all of beware. Beware that, that their teaching is not good, and if you listen to it, it will corrupt you. It will corrupt you. And, and so what does that mean for us today? How do we apply that today? Well, as I thought about this, I, I thought about how what is at our fingertips or our thumb tips. That if we have a question, a thought, a wonder about theology, about teaching, uh, about what we believe as Christians, we simply can, we simply can, can search for it 
And, and what results is we have more results than we have time to explore. And we need to be aware. We need to be aware of this. We need to be aware that just because there's a well-written article doesn't mean that it is trustworthy. We need to be aware that because we see a, a, a whole group of people going in a certain direction that we don't need to go in that direction uh, with them. We need to be aware that just because somebody speaks well and articulates well that they are speaking the truth. We need to be aware, as Jesus says, beware of the leaven. Beware of those teachers. So how do we navigate this for our times today? How do we put this principle into place? Well, here are four things that I believe, four principles that I believe that we should practice when we begin to explore what we believe. First is this, and that is God's word remains the authority. God's word remains the authority. Not my teaching, not Pastor Andrew's teaching, uh, not somebody else that you listen to on the internet or on your TV or you read, but God's word. And so if they are in God's word and bringing God's word forward, then it is something to be trustworthy because it is God's authority. His word is our authority. Secondly is this, is don't rush don't rush towards a new teaching or a new program. Take time to see what's happening. Take time to understand what that teaching is and what people are saying. Secondly, it's this, is seek advice. Seek advice with those that you trust. Put it out there. Let people, let people explore with you what you were thinking. Third is, and fourth is this, and finally is that be part of a community of people. Whether that's cathedral, whether that is house church, whether that's in a mentorship, whether that's in a Bible study, but don't isolate yourself. I find and I have found that as I have been with people, those, those people who are going astray oftentimes have isolated themselves away from community and have found themselves going in the direction that they shouldn't go. So here's the four things really quickly. Allow the Word of God to, to be your authority. Secondly, seek out advice. Third is, this is just because everybody's going in one direction doesn't mean you need to go in that direction. And then the fourth thing is remain in community. I hope that's helped you today, and I hope that you find a great blessing in being in the presence of God. <music>